I'm going in my Bible to Luke, the 10th chapter. I invite you to go there as well, please. Luke chapter 10. Let's start reading with verse number 38. Luke 10, 38. The Bible says, now as they were traveling, this is Jesus and his disciples. Now as they were traveling along, he entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word, but Martha was distracted. She was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care? That my sister has left me to do all the serving alone, then, then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Well, brothers and sisters, this morning, as we gather here in this place, we have been blessed. We have been blessed richly by God. We have been blessed to see the year of 2022. Can you believe that? Can you believe that it is 2022? I don't know about you, but for me personally, it's hard for me to believe that. It is hard for me to believe that it is January the 2nd. Of 2022, I mean, it feels like that I was just standing in this pulpit a few weeks ago preaching my first sermon for 2021. 2021 absolutely flew by in my view, but I've always heard that the years start flying by much quicker whenever you start raising children, right? I've always heard the years start speeding up. Whenever you start raising kids, I mean, this past year, our son, Shawn Michael, excelled tremendously in his academics, and he completed his fourth season of, of basketball. Our daughter, Faith, started kindergarten, and believe it or not, but she actually was able to stay out of trouble. <laughs> we were able to check off states 48 and 49 in our effort to spend time in all 50 states, Shawn Michael became a Christian. He became a disciple. He became a follower of Jesus Christ. Gigi completed another year of teaching here in Arizona. And for some reason, this church decided to continue putting up with my preaching at least for another year. And I'm very thankful for that. Overall, the Jeffries family had a pretty good year. In 2021, the question is, what about, what about you? How was 2021 for you? Did you accomplish the goals that you set for yourself last year? I mean, did you excel on your job? Did you get that promotion you really wanted on your job? Did you maybe get a new and, and better job? Did you lose the amount of weight? that you wanted to lose last year? Were you able to save a targeted amount of money? Did you make good grades in school? 
Were you able to get better at a particular sport that you play? Were you able to spend more time with your family? Were you able to eliminate some stress? Were you able to get rid of all that clutter and all that junk you may have around your house? Were you able to do that kind of stuff in 2021? What about spiritually? How'd you do spiritually last year in 2021? Were you able to finish that daily Bible reading schedule? Were you able to read through the wisdom literature? Were you able to spend more time in prayer? Were you able to get some brethren in your home last year so you could spend some time with them and get to know them better? Were you able to do some evangelism last year? Were you able to invite some people to church? Were you able to set up some Bible studies with the lost? What about all those rise and above topics that we considered last year? What about rising above bitterness? And rising above anger and pride and stubbornness and fear and discouragement? Were you able to implement and execute those lessons in your life last year? If not, then why not? Well, why were you not able to implement and execute those rising above lessons that we considered last year? Was it because was it because you got distracted? Did you get distracted? You, you wanted to do those things. You, you wanted to read your Bible more. You wanted to finish that daily Bible reading schedule. You wanted to pray more. You want to have brethren in your home. You wanted to rise above the challenges you have in your life, but you got distracted. You failed to keep focus. All the, the different things you got going on in your life right now, they got in your way. You know, I can remember this past season when I was coaching my son's basketball team. And even though we... We won a championship. Let me tell you something. That was a very difficult season. I can remember numerous times when at practice, I would have the, the boys in a huddle going through plays, having discussions with them, and they couldn't pay attention to me past two minutes. I mean, after two minutes of trying to go through things with them on the clipboard, the next thing you know, they're, being, they're getting distracted by the parents and the bleachers. Or they're getting distracted by a sibling or they're getting distracted by a pretty girl that comes in the gym. I mean, boys playing basketball, get easily distracted. But it isn't just boys who get distracted playing basketball. Adults get distracted as well, right? I mean, how often have you found yourself talking to somebody? You're having a conversation with somebody, you're pouring your heart out to them, and the next thing you know, their eyes just start roaming somewhere else. The next thing you know, they're looking at a nice car, drive off in the parking lot. Or, or maybe they're, they see a, a cute little baby and they want to start making faces at the baby. Or, or maybe they see somebody else they want to talk to more than they want to talk with you. You know, I really hate that. I really hate talking to somebody. And I can tell they're not paying attention to me. I hate that. I hate when people get distracted. The question is, how do we overcome that kind of stuff? How do we overcome distractions? How do we overcome distractions, particularly when it comes to the things of God? How do we rise above 
the numerous distractions that the devil is going to throw our way in 2022 and start making some serious spiritual progress this year. Well, if you don't mind in this study, I want to conclude this Rising Above series by giving you four things. I want to give you four practical things that you can do today to rise above the distractions that are going to come your way in 2022. You want to rise above distractions this year when it comes to, to doing spiritual things? Well, the first thing you got to do is this. The first thing you got to do to rise above distractions is you got to prioritize. You, you, you got to prioritize. You got to understand and acknowledge what should be first place in your life. I believe that that is exactly what Martha should have done here in Luke chapter 10. You're still in Luke chapter 10? Look in Luke chapter 10. Those verses we just read, in addition to Jesus Christ, there are two other people mentioned there that the text really focuses on. It focuses on Mary and it focuses on Martha. Question, who were those women? Who was Mary and Martha? Well, you being the good Bible students that I know you are, you know that Mary and Martha, they were sisters, right? They were sisters. They were sisters of Lazarus, whom Jesus raised from the dead. And they were also close personal friends of Jesus. In fact, Jesus is actually spending time with them in their home. And the text tells us that on this occasion, Martha is distracted. Martha is distracted by all the different things she wants to do for her guest. She is cooking. She's cleaning. She's probably preparing the table and getting drinks and making sure that everybody is comfortable and having a good time. Martha is in a thousand different places on this occasion while her sister Mary, well, Mary's in one place. Mary's in the right place. Mary's at the feet of of Jesus. She is listening to Jesus. Now, let me tell you something. One thing I won't do this morning, one thing I won't do is I won't disagree with Jesus. I'm not going to disagree with Jesus. I say that because so often when we go to this text, we like to give Martha a pass. We like to give her a pass so often, but to do so, to do so disagrees with Jesus. Jesus never commends Martha's actions on this occasion. Jesus never says to Martha, hey, Martha, keep it up. You're doing a good job. Instead, what does the text say? Well, the text calls her distracted. Jesus says she's worried. Jesus says she's bothered. Jesus says that at that moment, she's really focused on the wrong kinds of things. To disagree with that is not to disagree with me, it's really to disagree with Jesus. That's what Jesus said. Jesus says she's bothered. Jesus says she's distracted. But let's, let's be realistic about this, okay? Let's be realistic. Let's be practical about this. If Jesus came into your house, imagine this. If Jesus came into your house, if Jesus sat on your couch in your living room, if Jesus sat at your dinner table to have a meal, wouldn't you want to make sure that everything was just right? I mean, if Jesus came into your home, wouldn't you want to make sure it's clean? 
and that the table is set and that everything's in the right place and that you got more to give him than a frozen pizza or a TV dinner? Wouldn't you want to make sure that things are right? If Jesus came over, of course you would. Of course you would. You see, here Jesus doesn't have a problem with Martha because she is serving on this occasion and said his problem with her has to do with the fact that she's going too far. She's going too far. She is too worried about having everything just right. She is too bothered by things that are not of a spiritual nature. She is too distracted by pots and pans and dishes and food that she's missing an opportunity before her to listen to Jesus. She, she seems to fail to, to realize that, hey, you got Jesus in your house. You, you got Jesus in your living room. You got Jesus sitting before you, giving perfect teaching and preaching from the word of God while physical food is certainly important. It's not more important than the spiritual food that Jesus was given on this occasion. Martha seems to fail to realize that spiritual food the spiritual food of Jesus is more important than whatever physical food she may be making. And you know what? This is something that Luke really emphasizes all throughout his gospel. I mean, haven't you ever noticed that before? Haven't you ever noticed in your study of the gospel of Luke just how often Jesus is found eating? He's eating all over the book of Luke. He's eating here in Luke chapter 10 with Mary and Martha. And in Luke chapter 7, we find him eating at the home of a Pharisee. And in Luke chapter 6, we find him eating with Matthew and his other tax collector friends. And in Luke chapter 24, we find him eating with his disciples again after he has been raised from the dead. Luke, over and over again, talks about the numerous times where Jesus is found eating with other people. But one thing you will never find in the gospel of Luke is you will never find what's on the menu. You will never find here or any other place Luke telling us where Jesus ate goat or lamb or oxen or fish. The Bible never draws attention to what Jesus ate at these dinners. Instead, what the Bible draws attention to is what Jesus taught at these dinners. It draws attention to the fact that at these dinners, he taught parables. And he taught about the kingdom of God and he taught, taught about salvation and how he came to save all people. This shows us that the things of a spiritual nature are much more significant than the things of a physical nature. It shows us that what Jesus has to offer us spiritually has far greater value than the things that we allow to easily distract us in our lives. I believe that that is exactly what Jesus is trying to get Martha to understand here, the question is, do we understand this? Do, do I understand this? Do, do we understand this? Do we understand that while there are things in this life that demand our attention, those things must never, ever distract us from putting first things first, from putting the one thing that is necessary first place in our life, and that's Jesus. 
That's learning more about Jesus. That's worshiping Jesus, becoming more like Jesus, doing the kind of work that he's called us to do. You know, for our young people here, for our young people right here, let me tell you something. You might like sports. You may like football. You may like, like to play football and basketball and baseball and soccer. You may love to play all those kinds of sports. But let me tell you something. Don't you ever get so absorbed and so distracted by that stuff that you neglect learning about Jesus? Don't you get so absorbed in learning basketball plays and soccer plays and baseball plays and football plays that you neglect learning about Jesus plays? That you neglect learning about how to be like Jesus and how to grow like Jesus. Let me tell you something. One day, the sports and stuff you play, it's not going to do you any good. It's going to be gone. Your time for playing it, it is going to be over. But one thing that is guaranteed to take place when the sports days are gone is you're going to have to see Jesus one day. You're going to have to stand before Jesus. You're going to have to give an account of yourself to Jesus. And so don't you ever put sports before Jesus. Don't you ever put sports before reading your Bible. Don't you ever put bowl games and March Madness before reading your Bible. Don't you ever put getting well rested for work the next day above worshiping God and coming to Bible classes. If you do that kind of stuff, your priorities have gotten out of whack. Don't ever put Fox News and CNN and social media before prayer. Don't ever put getting your kids from this extracurricular activity to that extracurricular activity to that extracurricular activity above making time every day to sit down with them and have some spiritual conversations, some conversations that are going to help them become like Jesus and get to heaven when this life is over. If we're more absorbed in sports over Jesus with our kids, then our priorities are out of whack. This sports, March Madness, social media, the news, all that stuff, that stuff's not going to help us go to heaven. But studying our Bibles, praying, having spiritual conversations, well, well that's the stuff that really matters in life. That's the stuff that's going to help us go to heaven. That's the stuff that's going to help us become more like Jesus. It's going to help our kids become more like Jesus. I mean, if we got anything in this life that is distracting us from putting first things first, from putting spiritual things first, then you know what we need to do with that stuff? We need to get rid of it. We need to eliminate it. We need to cut it out of our lives or just be honest with ourselves and admit that Jesus is really not first place. We need to just be honest about it and stop playing games. And so let's go in our Bibles to some Matthew chapter 6 because Jesus really talks about this in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 6, in Matthew 6 when Jesus talks about worrying, sometimes we deal with worry. We deal with stress. And Jesus says if you want to overcome stress, if you want to overcome worry, then you've got to learn to trust God. You've got to put your trust in God. You've got to do what he says in Matthew 6 and verse 33, and that's seek first his kingdom. And his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. This is one of those texts that shows us that we make a mistake. Whenever, every time we see, every time we see the word kingdom, 
when you think about the church. Jesus is not talking about the church here, although that's part of it. Jesus is talking about more than just the church when he says seek first the kingdom. He's not talking about seek first the church. The word kingdom here is talking about the rule of God. The rule of God. The kingship of God. The authority of God. We need to seek first God's rule and reign in our life. And if we do that, Jesus says, I'm going to make sure you have everything you need. You may not have everything you want, but you will get everything you need. That's what Jesus says. And the apostle Paul understood that. We saw that in Philippians chapter 1 and the verses that were read in Philippians 1. But go to, go to Philippians chapter 3. I want to show you what Paul says in Philippians 3. I love Philippians 3, beginning with verse number 12. Whenever my life gets out of balance, I, I got to read these verses. These verses help me. Philippians 3 and verse 12. Paul says, not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect. Now, when Paul used the word perfect there, He's not talking about sinless perfection. He's talking about maturity, a full level of spiritual maturity. Perfect is maturity. Not that I've already obtained it or already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Notice how Paul, Paul had his priorities in order in life. You see that? Notice how while Paul had to deal with the daily challenges and problems and struggles that we have to do also today, nothing was going to get in his way of becoming more like Christ. Nothing was going to get in his way of growing in Christ. Nothing was going to get in his way of maturing in Christ and obtaining the prize of heaven. That's the kind of mindset that Paul carried with him every single day. And my dear friends, if our mindset is not like that today, then right here and right now, we got to start getting our mindset like that. We got to start thinking like that. We got to become like Mary. We got to remind ourselves of who Jesus is and what he has done and what he provides. And we got to start right here and right now putting him in the position that he belongs in our lives. And that is first place. That is the preeminent position. Jesus must be the top priority not just on Sunday, but in our daily lives. And maybe one of the things that can help us put him where he belongs is maybe we need to plan. Do you like to plan? I'm a planner. Many of you who know me well know that I love to plan. I like to plan what I'm going to do every single day. I keep a little yellow notepad with me all the time so I can plan my days. And maybe I need to plan when it comes to putting Jesus first. Go in your Bibles, please, to Nehemiah chapter 2. Nehemiah chapter 2. Nehemiah is a great book to consider when you start a new year. Remember, Nehemiah was a great leader. He was the man that made a decision to go back to Jerusalem and help rebuild the walls of Jerusalem following the Babylonian captivity. He asked permission from the king of Persia to be able to leave his job as cupbearer in order to go back and help his people restore their city. And when he arrived in Jerusalem, in Nehemiah 2, in verse 11, 
Nehemiah 2 and verse 11, he says, So I came to Jerusalem, and I was there three days. And I arose in the night, I and a few men with me. I did not tell anyone what my God was putting in my mind to do for Jerusalem, and there was no animal with me except the animal on which I was riding. So I went out at night by the valley gate in the direction of the dragon's well, and on to the refuse gate, inspecting. Notice that word, inspecting. Inspecting the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and its gates, which were consumed by fire. Then I passed on to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but there was no place for my mount to pass. So I went up at night by the, by the raven and inspected the wall. Then I entered the valley gate again and returned. What is Nehemiah doing here? Well, here Nehemiah is doing something very smart. He is doing something very wise before leading this building project. He is planning. You see that? He, he is planning. He is inspecting the damage that had been done to the walls of Jerusalem so he can know exactly what needs to be done and how it needs to be done. Nehemiah is planning his work on this occasion. Maybe that's what I need to do. Maybe I need to do some planning. Maybe in order to rise above the various distractions in my life, I need to go home today and survey my life and do some planning. The kids get up and the house starts rocking and getting real loud at about 7 o'clock every morning. And so maybe I need to get up at about 5 or 6 in the morning so I can put first things first. So I can get my Bible reading in and get some prayer in. My lunch break lasts about an hour. And so maybe I need to devote about 30 minutes of that lunch break to eating my lunch and another 30 minutes to, to reading my Bible. I know I got homework and practice after school every day. And so maybe I need to get up a little bit earlier each day so I can put some spiritual things first. I know I got a, a hectic schedule every single day, but this year I'm going to cut out some things that are really not that important in the big scheme of life so I can have my Friday nights open in order to spend more time with my family or so that me and my family can have some open slots each month to invite some other Christians into our home. So that's planning. I need to sit down, I need to inspect my life, inspect my schedule, survey my life, and make a plan. And after I plan, maybe I need to do this also. Maybe I need to stop procrastinating. Maybe I need to stop procrastinating. Go back to, to Luke chapter 10. Let's go back to Martha and Mary. I want to be fair to Martha this morning. I want to be fair to her. To be fair to Martha, I do not believe that she failed to understand the significance of having Jesus in our home. I do not believe that she was in the kitchen on this occasion. And she's cooking up stuff. She's making dinner for everybody. And she's sitting there listening to Jesus teach. And she's thinking to herself, oh, my goodness, here he goes again. He's preaching again. He's teaching again. He's talking about spiritual things again. I seriously doubt that Martha was thinking like that on this occasion. Instead, what was probably happening is Martha was thinking to herself, well, you know what? I have other op occasions to listen to Jesus. 
I mean, he's always preaching. He's always teaching. He's always talking about spiritual things. I have other opportunities in the future to sit at his feet. Martha was probably thinking like that on this occasion. And if she was, Jesus wanted her to know, Martha, you're thinking's wrong. It's wrong. Again, notice how Jesus doesn't commend Martha on this occasion. He doesn't commend her for expressing frustration at her sister. He doesn't say, good job, Martha. You're doing the right thing. You're right. I'll be back next month. I'll be back next week. I'll be back tomorrow. You're doing what's right. Keep on cooking. You'll have another chance in the future. Jesus doesn't commend her for not wanting to sit at his feet on that night. Instead, what does he say? Luke 10, 20, 21. Luke 10, 21, or Luke 10, 41, I'm sorry. Luke 10, 41, Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and you are bothered about so many things, but only one thing at this moment, only one thing is necessary for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken from her. You see, the problem with Martha being distracted with so much serving on this occasion wasn't that it was necessarily wrong for her to serve and try to help people. It was the fact that she was so absorbed in it that it was causing her to miss a great opportunity in front of her. It was causing her to focus on the trivial Instead of, instead of giving some attention to what really mattered in life, it was causing her to avoid seizing a moment that, that may not come again. She's not God. She don't know what's in the future. This may be her last chance to listen to Jesus. Her being distracted was causing her to avoid seizing a great moment. And that's a great lesson for us to appreciate. That's a great lesson for us to take to heart this morning because as we live in this life every single day, if we're not careful, brothers and sisters, we can become so distracted with the things that really don't matter in life that we fail to see the multiple opportunities we have today to do God's will. We can become so distracted with the trivial things of life that we fail to see the opportunity we have today to invite that neighbor to services next week. Or the opportunity we have today to use that expensive iPhone we have to send a text message to a struggling brother or sister in Christ. Or the opportunity we have today to spend time with our spouse and pray with our spouse and study the Bible with our spouse and help our spouse get closer to God. Or the opportunity we have today to forgive somebody. Or pray for somebody. Or repent of a sin. Or be baptized in water for the forgiveness of sins. In 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 2, Paul says, Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, today is the day of salvation. You see, like Jesus told Martha, I need to make sure 
that I don't get so wrapped up in the trivial matters of life that I miss the opportunities I have today to do God's will. Those opportunities I have today may not come again. The Lord may return. I might die tomorrow or even the next hour is not guaranteed to any of us. I need to seize every moment I have in this life to do God's will. If I'm going to overcome distractions, I need to prioritize. And I need to plan and I need to take advantage of the opportunities I have before me. And I don't need to worry about what people have to say about that. I don't need to worry about what the world has to say about that. I don't need to worry about what my physical family or even my spiritual family has to say about that. I want to close with this particular point because so often it is the case that whenever we put Jesus first in this life, people are going to criticize us, right? They're going to mock us. They're going to get frustrated with us. They're going to be irritated with us. They're going to think we're crazy. And they're just going to give us a hard time. Remember in Luke chapter 10 and verse number 40, the Bible says Martha was distracted with all of her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me do something about this, Jesus. I'm running like a chicken with my head cut off and she's not doing anything. Make her help me. Martha wants Jesus to rebuke Mary for sitting at his feet, but Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus doesn't rebuke Mary. Instead, he tells Martha that what Mary's doing is right. He says Martha made the right choice to avoid being distracted and put spiritual things first. Now that may have angered Martha. Martha may not have liked that, but Jesus says Mary is right. Jesus said that Mary needs to be commended. And let me tell you something, if you're committed by Jesus, you know what that means? That means you're doing something right. That means you are doing exactly what God wants you to do. And so my question is, what are you gonna do in 2022, what are you going to focus on this year? What are you going to do with all the distractions that are going to come your way? Will you continue to allow them to take your focus from the things, the one thing that is necessary in life, or will you get your priorities in order? Execute a plan to always put spiritual things first and seize the moments you're given every day to rise above the distractions. In fact, maybe that's something you need to do this morning. Maybe as we begin this new year, you say, I need to rise above the things that have been distracting me in this life and obey the gospel. I need to start putting Jesus first. I need to have faith and repent. And obey his commandment to be baptized for the remission of my sins. Or maybe there's a Christian here this morning, you know, that you spent last year, maybe the year before that, totally distracted, not putting God first. Maybe this morning you need to repent 
Get your focus right and ask us to pray with you and to pray for you. If there's someone here this morning who needs any kind of spiritual guidance or help, we'd be more than happy to serve you. Come to the front right now. Let's stand. Let's sing.